Floodcast. Floodcast. Get in the arena. All right, welcome everyone to another fun-filled, exciting episode of Floodcast. As always, I'm here with my gracious host and executive producer, Jason. Why, thank you, Willie Will. I'm here with my host, co-host, executive producer, non-executive producer, and good friend, Willie the Will Will. Uh, so before we begin, just want to thank everyone for listening. Uh, make sure you subscribe. Uh, we're on we're I- everywhere, Bill. iTunes, Spotify, Google Play. Uh, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Gab, Parler. You know, we appreciate the support, appreciate the love, appreciate the hate. You don't always grow with love and with, you know, sunshine being blown up your keister. You know, it's always, you know, the retrospection. It's always... Yeah, let's keep away from blowing anything up our keisters, okay? Mm-hmm. Well, does that mean we're going to cancel the coffee colonic after this episode? Oh, shit. I, I forgot about that. <laughs> Is that today? Yes. Yeah, we're canceling it. I mean, when I say okay... <laughs> I digress. This is going to be another interesting episode, and uh, this is going to be one that... So for anyone that's interested, I've been reading this book lately. It's called The Essential Wisdom of the Founding Fathers. And, you know, a lot of the, the kind of the quotes we've been using are, you know, based on a lot of, not maybe necessarily Founding Fathers, you know, we've been talking about Theodore Roosevelt, we've been talking about Abraham Lincoln, but uh, we've been talking about these people throughout American history that have said really poignant things and have, have made an imprint. And this is from a, a speech, a pamphlet called The Crisis by Joe Manny Thomas Paine. And uh, it's very famously known um, in this portion, is these are the time that try men's souls. And part of the impetus of this episode is that I really don't know anybody that's not like kind of stressed about stuff. I think if anybody's really paying attention to what's going on, like really paying attention, not you know doing your own research, not, you know, not necessarily the, the propaganda or the narrative from mainstream kind of sources, but you know, if, if you're really praying, if you're really aware of what's going on, if you're listening and watching, more importantly, people's actions, you're going to see that they're, these are really troubling times in many ways, and I think perhaps it's always been that way, but at least maybe at this point in my life, I'm just aware of it. Yeah. Um, it's hard not to be aware of this day and age. Jason, if you'd like to read this. Sure. All right. So, uh, Thomas Paine, The Crisis, 1776. All right. These are the times that try men's souls. The summer soldier and the sunshine patriot will, in this crisis, shrink from the service of their country. But he that stands by it now deserves the love and thanks of man and woman. Tyranny, like hell, is not easily conquered. Yet we have this consolation with us that the harder the conflict, the more glorious the triumph. What we obtain too cheap, we esteem too lightly. It is dearness only that gives everything its value. Heaven knows how to put a proper price upon its goods. And it would be strange indeed if so celestial an article as freedom should not be highly rated. Pretty good. I get I get goosebumps when I read that stuff. Man. I just there's well some... the thing that gives me goosebumps is that's a original thought by someone. Right. Um, that's impressive. Well, you know, so this is this might divert a little bit, but this is something like I was hoping to talk about eventually. But I, one of the things that just so endears me to not just the writings but the lives 
of our founding fathers. And mind uh-huh. you, I'm not talking about revisionist new interpretation of our founding fathers. I mean, the warts, the ugliness, the blemishes, like everything. Like, there was no one that wasn't without flaws. Oh my gosh. Huge flaw. There's something in this, once again, like the men in the man in the arena. Once again, if, you know, discussing the Gettysburg Address, mm-hmm. Martin Luther King's Jr., I had the dream speech. There's something at the core of all these things. And to me, it's the essence of freedom. And this is what I've been thinking about lately. And this might be a little bit of divergence from where I where I was hoping we could go, but maybe this is what we're supposed to do. There you go. So I've been, you know, just revisiting the Bill of Rights, revisiting the, you know, Constitution. And there's one thing that these are, these are natural laws. And let me, I'm going to expound on what I mean by that. It, it isn't necessarily an American thing, the notion of having liberty, the notion of having freedom, the notion of, uh, you know, like being able to speak your mind, being able to worship whom you want to, being able to uh, have your own thoughts and express those. Uh, the notion of being able to protect oneself, to protect one's family, uh, uh, you know, the, the right to be able to, you know, face your accusers, the right to be able to uh, present your own case that, you know, justice is blind, you know, uh, innocent until proven guilty. These kind of notions are wholly American. However, they're more naturalistic than they are. That's why the idea of America is is unique in the fact that our founding fathers, with, in my opinion, having been guided by the hand of providence, like the Almighty speaking to them, these are rules or laws, if you will, of nature that were established from the foundation of creation that our founding fathers just understood. And they said, hey, these are things that work. It doesn't matter what belief you subscribe to. It doesn't matter who you choose to love, what God you choose to worship, any of this stuff. These are natural laws that are in place that work in any given situation. But the brilliance of our founding fathers is that they determined that they're going to create a nation. They're going to create a land that the natural laws that were established by the Almighty are at the forefront of what governs and guides this nation, this American experiment. And, you know, not to get too newsy, but, you know, I'm looking at what's going on right now in Hong Kong. And when I, when I read things like one seventh of the protesters right now going uh, in Hong Kong are protesting the the Chinese government uh, and and what they're, there's some extradition laws that the Chinese government is trying to, uh, place upon uh, Hong Kong and uh, they're just really taking advantage of that that province and it, it's really it, it's such a it's like a David and Goliath thing it, it almost resembles the the revolution in a sense the revolutionary war in a sense because you have this small band of uh, I would say uh, maybe patriots uh, at least in, in that sense of the term sure. uh, like literally coming up against the largest nation in the world, it's it's really endearing. But what's really endearing to me, and this is where really got what got me thinking about this, is like they're they're going into the protests carrying the American flag. What are, what are they saying by doing that? In your perspective, in my perspective, what I I think they're saying is, is they're recognizing that the American experiment, based on the natural laws governed to us by the Almighty not only work in America, but they work here and they should work everywhere. That where I, I love where it says, it is dearness only that gives everything its value. Heaven knows 
to put a proper price upon its goods, and it would be strange indeed so celestial a article as freedom would not be highly rated. Yeah, and the the irony of it is is that in in a lot a lot of ways, like I feel like our country is flirting with the idea of socialism. With and I'm going to take that a step further and really step on some toes. Anyone that understands anything about history and socialism realizes socialism is thinly veiled communism. No, oh my gosh, and it doesn't work. It's it, horrible. It, it doesn't. Communism has killed more people. It's the worst decision people. ever. Right. I mean, that's it. 100%. Right. And, and you know, capitalism, especially crony, crony capitalism, is horrible. Absolutely. It, it's it's it, in many ways it can be compared to the evil of communism. Look, it comes it's, down to this. This is what the problem is. I'm a really simplified. The grass is always greener. Is everything perfect in the United States? No, not even no. close to perfect. Um, it's never going to be. There's no such thing as perfect. And everyone, all of a sudden in this world, is all about perfect. And this is supposed to be, everything's supposed to be perfect and sunshines and rainbows. And I'm sorry, everyone. Mm-hmm. That's not the case. Uh, you know, we hand out participation trophies and right. we can't want to hurt anyone's feelings and everyone gets a chance and no one gets cut. Well, let me tell you what. Life is not fair. Mm-hmm. Everything's not equal for everyone. Let's just talk about sports for a minute. I got five kids in sports. Sure. Some people are blessed mm-hmm. at yeah. different ages, especially when they're young, to be taller or faster or stronger, where other kids aren't. Is it fair that someone's child, be it mine or someone else's, doesn't make the team because they didn't grow as fast as the other person? Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter about fair. Right. You know, you want your kid to play a sport, well, there's different leagues. You know, you, you play in a fun league if they want to play a sport and they're not very good at it. That's okay. But also, if they want to be good at it, they should practice. Mm-hmm. Don't let your kid go home and play Xbox every night and right. then expect a coach to play him every day. Right. How about the kid who goes out there every day and puts the time in playing catch or pitching mm-hmm. or hitting or whatever it's supposed to be? Right. You know? Um, so let, let's teach our kids that stuff. But, but anyway, everything's supposed to be like perfectly fair and there's no such thing as perfectly fair no uh, there's never going to be and we, we need to we, we just see that the grass is always greener well this isn't working because it's not perfectly fair well there's no such thing as perfectly fair um you know we want to take away from those that are wealthy let me you know it's the majority of the wealth you know out there this day and age who, the people that pay the taxes and that um they've made that wealth mm-hmm. right they didn't necessarily inherit that there's a lot of people who made that wealth sure there's a lot of effort and time and sacrifice that goes in right. to building businesses and being successful um, i own my own business and i can tell you that i travel probably anywhere from six to 17 days a month okay mm-hmm. now you take out weekends and that's a lot of days to be gone yeah. as i mentioned i have five children they're all involved in different things i miss stuff mm-hmm. okay um, I miss important things to them, important things to me. I miss things with my wife. Right. I miss things with my parents and my brother and sister and everyone else. I, I miss things with you, Bill. <laughs> I miss things with everyone. Right. And that's sacrifice that I have to give. Um, right. I'm going to go work tomorrow. Tomorrow's Sunday, by the way. Mm-hmm. And I'm going into my office tomorrow, and I'm probably going to put in somewhere between four and seven hours to get caught up on some stuff. Right. And um, that's... Those are types of sacrifices and types of hard work that wealthy people, by the way, mm-hmm. make in order to make that kind of money. Right. And then we want to turn around and say, hey, thanks for all the hard work. While we were over there playing and doing nothing, right. we want you to pay for us too, by the way. We think you make too much money. You, you have too many houses. You have too many cars. 
That everyone should have that. You know, it makes me absolutely sick. It drives me absolutely crazy. And and that's and that's kind of what's happening though. Right. You talk about socialism, that's where their mindset is. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, well this dude makes so much money, he should take care of people. Well, you know what? Everyone, this is what I love of America. You've got the opportunity to go make money. We talked about college in a, a previous episode. Right. Bill, do you know what my college degree is in? You don't have a college I degree. I don't have a college degree. Right. Uh, a lot of people would consider me successful in, in, in my career. I'm not as successful as some, and I'm more successful than others. You know, if we're just going by the almighty dollar, mm-hmm. I'm successful. Sure. That's not my one thing. That's not what I'm going for. Right. Um, but I've gotten there because this country allows me to do that. I've gotten there because I've made a lot of sacrifice and I've worked harder than other people. Sure. And, and once again, like what we're talking about is that natural law. See, and, and here's a beautiful thing about, and I'm, I'm trying, I'm going to try to eloquently and briefly explain this. Yeah, don't be eloquent, man. Just say it how it is. Okay. So now you got me fired up. Bill. Well, the, so the idea or the misnomer I would say is like uh, the, the whole communist idea the socialist idea is that you know with with the american experience we talk experiment excuse me and we talk about these natural laws right the idea is that everybody starts off at the same place through life we have opportunities presented to us we either make good decisions or we make bad decisions but based upon our ability our knowledge and most importantly the hard work and decisions that we make determine our end result with socialism and, and these kind of concepts, it's not that everybody starts off at the same place. It's that everybody ends at the same place. Right. And that's and, and whether they make great decisions, whether they make poor decisions, uh, whether they try, whether they play Xbox all day like you're just talking about, everybody ends up at the same place. And once again, that's not the natural law. And to bring it around, like when, when I see these protesters in, in Hong Kong and as of right now, I don't, you know, one thing that really warms my heart is that a seventh of a seventh of the population, one seventh of the people living in Hong Kong are actively taking part of these protests. The miracle of that is if we look through history, the lens of history and we look at the, uh, the Revolutionary War, only three percent of the colonists fought against the British. Yeah. Right. So it's just crazy to think about. Exactly. And then we won. Well, right. So once again, when Thomas Paine wrote this, you know, these are the times that tribe a lot of what we're talking about now revolves, uh, what's going on in China revolves around that mindset. And it's literally an evil empire, right? But you have this small band that with the notion of freedom, with the notion of province and, and the symbolism of the American flag, at their um, at their side, marching forward to achieve these natural laws that we're talking about. Once again, these are the times that try men's souls. And while that's going on, literally half of the world away, we have people in America that are, are spitting on the flag, which is their right. We have people burning our flag, which is their right. But more grievously, we have people that are embracing the actual ideology that our forefathers fought against, essentially, and what these this band of rebels, these band of freedom fighters, half the world away are fighting against. And and when I when I say like these are times that try men's souls, I like look at this. I'm like, where where do we miss the mark? But more importantly, where where can I lend a hand in saying we hang on wait. Take, just take it that step back and look at what's going on. You know, the summer soldier and the sunshine patriot will in this crisis shrink from the service of their 
country. But he who stands by it now deserves the love and thanks of men and women. Tyranny, like hell, is not easily conquered. So what we're, and I love that mm -hmm. because it's true. We give up our freedoms. And, and essentially where I wanted to go with this is that what we endured now is not always what we will be enduring. We are eternal people. Uh, people can choose to believe that or not. That's fine. That's your prerogative. But I believe that we are eternal beings, mm -hmm. that we will spend eternity in one of two places, right? You know, one of the, uh, in Romans 8, you know, it says, uh, for I, I reckon that the sufferings of this present age is not worthy to be compared uh, to the glory which will be revealed in us. Here's what I'm trying to get at is that if we shrink back, like Thomas uh, Paine is talking about, if we are shrinking back from these notions because it's easier, because it's convenient. If we aren't being stalwart, if we aren't standing what's right, if we aren't understanding that these natural laws has nothing to do with the political affiliation that you have. It has nothing to do with what, you know, um, these little minor things that people are trying to use to divide us. If we don't understand that, then we're, we're really losing the, the, we've already lost the battle. And once again, a large portion of this podcast is trying to bring unity. It's trying to talk about these things that I feel like a lot of people aren't willing to, or maybe even more importantly, they don't even know how to address. Tyranny, like hell, is not easily conquered. And I read that, and there's a severity to that. There's a weightiness to that. It's it's a lot. It is, and it's uh, some serious foresight, I think. And you know, when we, I, I love, I love the whole David versus Goliath. Mm -hmm. You know, as you speak to that, and 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 when you really look at it, what it really is, and that um, truly believe that good will prevail. It always does. Yeah. But man, is it not easy to get there? And it takes a lot of sacrifice, and it takes a lot of people doing the right thing. Right. Well, knowing yeah. that they're going to lose everything. Exactly. Well, Thomas Jefferson said that the the tree of freedom needs to be replenished with the blood of tyrants and uh, and patriots from time to time. And yeah, because and and think about it, where we're at right now in our country, mm -hmm. and the reality is that's where we're headed. Because I believe there's been a lot forgotten. Mm -hmm. You know, people want to talk about the Bill of Rights. We're constantly fighting to protect. Right. Some of these, like, uh, we want to talk about the right to bear arms, Second Amendment. Mm -hmm. Now, when this was written, think about think about this, because people keep saying that uh, the guns weren't the same then, and it was for hunting and stuff. Well, mm. let me tell you something. Um, when this was written, um, it was coming off and during a revolutionary war where the bloodshed was tremendous. So if you think that they meant you can go shoot some deer when they wrote the Second Amendment, you are absolutely twisting sure. and turning history, my friends. Well, and more importantly, if, if, if we are going to analyze it, the weaponry that the, the colonists had was identical to that of the British infantry soldier. The, the, you know the the black powder musket the right. you know the the black powder pistol <laughs> right you know and, and I, once again so, so i know this is a slippery slope i i fully believe like i may not need a 100 round magazine but damn it i'm an american i have the right to own and bear arms if i want it and i'm responsible and i pass whatever training whatever background check whatever the law states why shouldn't you know and it's so interesting because one thing we have to realize, and, and I think this is what Thomas Paine was really conveying, like Jefferson, like Adams, like Washington, is that 
if we don't stand our ground now, what we have will be lost. I have a friend that recently traveled to China. And she told me that she felt just so unsafe there the whole time. And I think about that. The fact that somebody who just on a vacation is trying to, you know, she wanted to go see the Great Wall of China, whatever the case may be. This is a person who literally felt threatened doing nothing than just looking at one of the or one of the wonders of the world. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot to be said of that. No doubt. Um, I, I want to go a step further, though, when we talk about, about the Second Amendment and the fact that um, it's not meant for a license to hunt deer, but it's meant to protect our families and our homes and our country. Um, th- this is the thing that really bothers me about it. The people that we're fighting or protecting our amendment from because they want to change it you know i question i truly question why why they're attacking that amendment you know they they want to say things as it saves lives well if that's truly what their mission is if that's their one thing to save lives man i'll tell you what i'm more than happy to have an argument about 50 million things out there that can save lives in a much higher capacity than changing the second amendment and putting us all in danger you know, I have a very good friend who just had uh, him and his wife. He didn't have it. His wife just had a baby on Monday. It's her first child. And it's funny because uh, my wife and I always joke around with our friends and say, you know, it's really crazy because you've got to get a license to drive. You've got to get a you got to get a background check to get a car. But you get to walk out of a hospital with a human in tow, and you are 100% responsible for it. And there's no, there's no checks or anything else. You can procreate and bring life into this world with no... Rules and regulation. You know, we want to get into saving lives. We can get into, we can get into a whole lot more. And and that's the thing that frustrates me is it's. I think it's it's misguided. Um, it's just people that that don't like they don't like that amendment. They don't like guns, so they're going to fight that and they're going to use bullshit narratives mm-hmm. to help them. And that irritates me. It's the same thing that's going on with the whole run at socialism here in this country. Right. They're just twisting things. They're, it's all bullcrap, mm-hmm. and they're trying to make everything look bad over it. And, th- and that's where we're at right now. We're at the point where people have just plain old forgotten, because this country hasn't had its ass kicked in a long time. And it's plain old forgotten about the sacrifice and how hard it was to get where we're at. Right. And the fact that it's not fair, and that you're always going to have some people that outwork other people and make more money and are on top. And that's no one's fault. You have the opportunity. That's what makes this country great, Mm -hmm. is opportunity. We're going to take that away? Because that's what you're doing. Well, right. And so, I mean, you said a lot there. You know, so statistically, the argument that fewer guns saves people's lives, is it's it's a misnomer. It doesn't exist. It's, it's, It's the exact opposite. More guns in the hands of responsible gun owners save lives. Hey, you know what? All they have to do is make laws about it, though. If they had uh, tougher gun laws in Chicago, they would be, and I'm sure because they're the toughest gun laws, by the way, in the country. Sure, Chicago, Detroit, Baltimore. T- toughest gun laws in the country. Yeah. And what is the um, gun uh, death rate from guns in those? The highest in the freaking country. I think they outlawed drugs. Guns, yeah. No, well, drugs. Oh, drugs. Does that stop those two? Right, well. Anyway, sorry, I digress. No, you're fine. You know, as far as, like, having it, our ass kicked, like... We're getting our, we're getting our ass kicked now. Like September 11, 2001, we got our ass kicked. And look what happened. 
Right, but, but it didn't last. Exactly. Unfortunately, that's ex- that's exactly Should've the point. Pulled this country together. Right, and it just didn't last. Well, and and once again, I think it goes back to Sunshine Patriot, the Summer Soldier. You know, if, hey, I'm I'm with you when things are going well. Right. You know, but when the fit starts to hit the shan, that's you know that's when the rubber meets the road. That that's really when you you find out you know you separate the men from the boys, if mm-hmm. you will, or the women from the girls, or whatever you want to say. You get in the arena once again, right? It, it, it's talking about getting in the arena, and I, like you know, I, I feel like you know we're we're just kind of shotgun blasting a lot of different things here. But once again, I think these are things that need to be discussed because I don't know that by and large a lot of people. And then once again, I don't know, maybe I, I'm in a bubble. I don't think I am. I think I know a lot of people and I know people that, you know, completely think that guns are the devil. And just, if we're talking about that, you know, but I, then again, I think I, I know people that like are so responsible, so measured in their care of those things and they steward them excellently that to vilify those people, it, it just, it's not right. But I, you know, well, I get one of the things I want to just bring up, and I, I think we brought it up in another one, but I want to bring it up real quick before we get up to a gun thing. And I know that's not where we meant to go today. And no, I apologize okay. for taking Stop. a step, but the reason that World War II was won, a huge reason why, is because of that amendment. Because let me tell you who kicked our ass in World War II, if anyone wants to go back to December 7th. Mm-hmm. Okay, Pearl Harbor was a disaster. Mm-hmm. And they. We were so surprised. We could have easily been attacked in our mainland. And the reason that we were not attacked on our mainland, and one of the reasons that people don't attack our mainland with infantry, is because of the amount of guns that this country has. You are not going to F with America when it comes to that. And imagine if we didn't have that amendment, and we were like Germany at the time, and all of our guns were gone. We would have been attacked, and very possibly... That war could have been lost. And this country could have been under rule from a psychopath. Right. I mean, I, I'm serious when I say that. I, I, that's not a light... I'm not... You can call that blown out of proportion all you want, but that's real. No, it's not at all. So the quote here says, You cannot evade, invade mainland United States. There would be a rifle behind every blade of grass. Isakura... Yamakatamoto, uh, who, who was the commander in chief of the Imperial Japanese Navy, uh, said that. Yeah. You know, um, you know, logistically speaking, that Japan couldn't invade the mainland because they just didn't have the capacity to actually travel that far and bring enough uh, troops that far without some kind of a naval battle. But the point being is that in that generation was right. They had us. They did. They- Outside of the fact that we had the Second Amendment, and we have the Second Amendment for that exact reason. Right. Against foreigners and domestic, you cannot attack us and kill us and put us under your rule. You mm-hmm. cannot do it in this country. Well, I think the other thing, if, if we're going to look at this in, in a holistic way, is that, you know, at a macro level versus a micro level, the, the First and Second Amendment are in tandem. The Second is what keeps the First Amendment alive, and the First Amendment is what allows us to speak against tyranny, if you will, uh, encroaching on that. Well, let me just read them real quick. Sure. First Amendment. Freedom of religion, speech, and the press. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or the right of the people peaceably to assemble 
and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. Second Amendment, the right to bear arms. A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. So at the core of that, if we're talking about these natural laws, it is the ability to defend oneself. 100%. And whether that be, you know, like, you know, as a kid getting in a fight and, you know, someone punching you, like punching them back. Like that, that is a naturalistic response. That is, you know, my, my dad always told me as a kid, you know, you better not start a fight, but if you get in a fight, you better finish it. That is one of those naturalistic laws, which to me, the Second Amendment, and don't get me wrong, like obviously hunting is important for that. Uh, sure. You know, uh, but self-protection, more importantly, more, I think, than self-protection, that is the, that and the freedom of the press were supposed to be the two items that the citizenry had to keep with a check and balance with the government. government. Correct. It used to be, and when I was going to, you know, my, my degree is in communications, and I remember going through college like, you know, no liable. You got, you know, as a journalist, it's, you know, it's important to tell the truth. And, you know, if uh, editorial pieces, you can express your opinion. But when you're delivering the news, you know, don't have a slant. Just, and, and the reality of it is, is that, that that has fallen to the wayside. My goodness gracious. And, and, and that's why you can't really listen to, like, mainstream news, whether it be CNN, Fox. I don't care who it is. And, I don't buy any Right. Well, we have to find, we have to find other sources. Right. Um... And we have to find folks that we feel don't have a bias per se that that they're willing to go both sides, sure. right? Right. Um, and say, well, you know, I may be a D or an R, but this other D or R that that is in my party, for instance, is wrong. Sure. They're not right just because right. they're uh, they're the same party. I'm right. So sick of that shit. Well, and the the reality, see, and this is there's so much div divisivism. Uh, that if if you are a centrist in any way, when, when I say a centrist, I mean supporting these founding documents. If you're a centrist in any way, you you are now marginalized to you are now far 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 right. And you know I know a lot of my friends who are you know they consider themselves liberal, but because they uphold and respect the Constitution, that is now a far right opinion and I don't really I don't even identify as necessarily a Republican. I identify with my I guess I would say a constitutionalist, but you know, more importantly, if we're talking about these natural laws, these laws that were established based on the notion of what God has put in place since the foundation of the world, we also have to look at and and I think, you know, kind of going back to, you know, the scripture in, in regards to not you know, we are an eternal being. We we have a soul. It will go one of two places. There there is there is an idea that of of, of Americanism versus like a, a kingdom of God philosophy. And when I talk about natural laws and I talk about loving America and I talk about supporting the, the Constitution, what I really am trying to say is that we need to get back to the natural laws that were placed and created by the Almighty. That is that once again, so that you and I here in Cleveland, Ohio can understand and abide by that. And, and people half the world away in Hong Kong who are literally fighting for their, their lives, fighting for their very essence of freedom, they can apply and understand that as well. So Bill, I think you said something great. We need to get back to the basics. Is kind of what I heard you just say. 
but I have, I'm going to present the question to you. How do we get back to the basics? What's holding us back in this country from a government for the people, by the people? Because that's not what we have. So there's, so there's two things. There's two things. The first thing is, if you know, we discussed this our first episode. It, it is holding our elected officials uh, to be accountable. And a lot of that is limits, term limits on Congress and Senate. And I think that is a great place to start. One of the only things that uh, President Obama and President Trump both agreed upon is term limits. That means that we, there, and we've talked about this before, there is literally people that have been in, uh, senators, that have been congressmen since we, before we were born. It's unbelievable to think about. Right. And, and it's such, you know, when, when you think about terms of, of uh, D.C., you know, I know there's this big thing lady uh, with uh, Elijah Cummings and Trump and talk about Baltimore. Like, I, I have friends that live outside of D.C. near Baltimore, and it's a shithole. It oh, is a, I have a friend who lives right in the shithole. Right, and it's a it, – news reporters I, I listen to a lot say, you know, uh, somebody that would call that a third world, you know, Baltimore, Detroit, you know, these different uh, – Chicago, calling them a shithole – or I'm sorry, a third world shithole is an insult to actual third world shitholes because yeah. it, it is worse than that. So it, it's a matter of, you know, what once again, getting back to that founding document that – a government of the people, for the people, by the people. So it's a matter, you know, if we're, if we're talking just in, in the sense of legislation and, and, and government and ruling one, uh, our country, it, it, that's the first thing. If we're, if we're yeah, talking well, about... I think it comes to that first thing you just said, though, by the way, is not, not just all three, but especially the first thing, a government of the people. Mm-hmm. We're not of the people. Right. We have the people and we have the government. We have professional politicians. Right. As guilty as anyone would be like, oh, who's who's our guy? Okay, just vote for him. If you're genuinely happy with the job that somebody's doing, that's fine. Support that person. But the reality of it is, is that I'm almost to the point now where whomever is in office, I think next term, I'm just going to vote the opposite in just to get their ass out. You know, I, I mean, yes. and, and the logic is sometimes the devil you know may be better than the devil you don't know. But I almost feel like at this point, you know, there needs to be a big shakeup. There needs to be a big change. You know, well, everyone gloats about, oh, yeah, we retained the House or, yeah, we retained. So basically, yeah, we supported status quo. And uh, years ago, they someone had the bright idea, uh, an alien versus predator movie. And it's based on a comic series, which uh, I read growing up. It was cool. But the tagline for al- the first alien versus predator movie is no matter who wins, we lose. And I don't know of any better phrase to ascribe to the political system in America right now. No matter who wins, we lose. lose. Uh, you're 100% and, right. And, you know, and I'm, pe- I'm sure people are going to be angry at this, and I'm sorry. I love Trump because he isn't that politician. A, because he has said and done, or he's done what he said he was going to do by in, in a large way. You know, he, he has the rhinos and the, the Democrats fighting him at, at every corner. But by and large, I think he has kept more of his, his campaign promises than politician during my lifetime. Yeah. Well, and this is where people, I think, have misconstrued the whole Trump thing, because I also am a fan of Trump. When I say a fan of Trump, fan of the president Trump. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that Donald Trump and I would be friends. Sure. I'm not saying that I have the same value set right. as Donald Trump. Because we don't. No, not at all. I'm not saying he's perfect or he's a great guy. What I'm saying is, as president, some of the decisions that have to be made and, and where where he's at and the decisions he's making, the things that he promised, the things he's done for this country... You have to separate those things. And if you don't, you're absolutely insane. Right. Um, it's just, it's not the same thing. Um, doing your job and who you are as a person, two different right. things. Oh, absolutely. And I just spoke to somebody who was uh, from Lithuania who migrated here 20 years ago. 
they love Trump. I mean, they don't, once again, they don't necessarily, you know, the whole, his, his demeanor, the, you know, coming from Lithuania, coming from, you know, that uh, a different perspective as far as how they were raised. What government was what like. What government was like, correct. Absolutely. Uh, to see what he has done, what he has done, not necessarily what he said, but what he's done, it's, that's impressive. And he doesn't back down. No, and I love that. And, and, and once him. once again, you know, we're so, and once again to take it back to what Thomas Paine said, you know, uh, the summer soldier and the sunshine patriot will in this crisis shrink from the service. The second thing is selfishness, and I would word that also if you don't understand selfishness as a victim mentality. And listen, I, I if people struggle, people really go through difficult times. Like, listen, I, I'm. I'm kind of in the midst of like the worst crisis of my life. And, and man, if people only knew the different were, crisis you've had in your life over the last 10 years. Shit, over the last 15 years. And, and, and you being like one of my best friends understand that. But, and, and even you understand even more what I'm saying, like this crisis I'm going through is the worst, but I'm, I'm not going to sit there and say, I, I was, you know, I'm a victim. I, and because of that, I am owed this or this or you know whatever uh some kind of a reparation because someone has made poor decisions that have impacted not just me but my family my friends right um our larger community and i think if if we when we start to say these kind of things we start to feel this kind of way oh i was you know somehow i was cheated somehow i was wronged i am owed this because of this that is very very low thinking and, and well, you know I agree and I want to add to it I think it's not just simply that I think it's also people saying you should have this belief because it's my belief and if you don't believe what I believe then you're a piece of shit exactly it's it's obviously this way because it's what I believe in, and we can't be friends or sure or we can't hang out or I'm your enemy and I want you to die because you like I mentioned the right to bear arms because I believe in the second amendment People are not going to like me. Like they really won't like me. They won't be my friend because of that. And yeah, but they're super sad. Yeah, but they're going to hate you more about what you just said about Trump. Well, th there you go. Right now, I have friends who can't stand Trump, mm -hmm. and they post stuff that I completely disagree with on sure. social media. And you know how many times I've said something to them, or made a post back, or no, or, or unfriended them. Knowing you, probably none. None. Yeah. Why? Because it's their opinion. Right. And I respect their opinion. Right. And I like them as a person. Sure. And if their opinion is they don't like Donald Trump, that's okay. Right. I have a family member who cannot stand the fact that I voted for Trump and I'll vote for him again. Mm -hmm. um, and they think he's a total piece of shit. And that's okay. They're entitled They're to They're still my family member right. and I love them. And we hang out all the time. And neither one of us talk about that because we have different opinions. Right. I'm not going to debate that person. Sure. Um, I respect their opinion and I understand where it comes from. And that's okay. But we got to get over this whole thing of being offended because someone else, you know, right. thinks something different or wears something different or looks different. I'm... So sick of it, though. Well, the danger of, you know, you talked about like the participation trophy yes. idea. And, you know, was Harris, you're you're the sport guy, so Harrison Smith? No, no. Um, or, um, oh, shoot. The guy from the Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah, yeah from the, the Pittsburgh linebacker from Pittsburgh. No, yeah. uh, I can't I think of his name, though. But, but his comment, you know, he posted on Instagram a while back is that, you know, his sons received some participation yeah. trophies. He, he comes and he, home, and they came, he wasn't at the football bank, but he comes home, and there's two kids have trophies and they didn't win. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And he, he's like, I love my kids. I'm going to support them. 
I want them to do the best they can, but they didn't earn this. Right, and he literally made the kids get in the car with their trophies and drove them to the coach's house or whoever mm-hmm. and made them give them back right. and said, my kids can have these trophies when they earn them. Sure. And I think we miss a lot of that in this country. Sure. Well, you absolutely. Know? And it's just, I don't know, I don't understand. Well, once again, I think it's going back to that, it's selfishness. It's the, it's at the root of it, I guess you could say it's pride. And I can't say that I've never fallen to that. Of course we have. We're imperfect. But the reality of it is, is that, that you know, we're talking about fighting these things, these ideas, these notions, not people, right? There's a difference. Like, so fighting the idea of wanting to be a victim when there's legitimate victims out there. Yes. Right. Like if, if I think a lot of it's perspective too. Like I think, I think a lot of people need to be red pilled and yeah, no doubt. And you, I think we just need to take some perspective. Like one of the episodes we discussed the whole concentration camp on the borders BS. No, you're wrong. I'm sorry. You need some history lessons That's and you right. need a bit of perspective. I'm sorry. But what we are talking about, you know, when Thomas Paine says tyranny like hell is not easily conquered. It, it's these notions. It's, you know, well, like our, our, our last episode about like our why, like conquering ourselves, you know, doing that right thing. In order to affect change on a large level, what we really need to do first is affect change in us. 100%. And, and if, if, we, if we can just take a step back, it's easy to choose to be butthurt about everything. But if I can say, you know what, listen, I'm okay. And, and this is where I'm at, like working through my, you know, my crisis, if you will. Um, I'm okay. I have, I have some of the best people in the world. You, you know, your family, you know, some of my other friends. Like, I have the best people in the world. Even though others have, you know, betrayed me, if you will. I, I have to, what I'm holding on to is that I hope they're fine. I hope they're happy. I, and I hope they're they don't just, they're not just content, but I hope they have the contentment. But I'm, I want to move on in my life. And whatever that is, I'm going to keep pressing that, pressing on to that. And I'm not going to blame them for this or for that. I'm, I want to work through my pain. I want to work through what, uh, you know, what the loneliness, the sadness, depression, whatever it is. But I'm not, I'm not going to sit there and blame somebody else. Right. You and, can't. Right. I'm not, or I'm not even more, I'm not going to say, you know, like I hate all women because of one thing that one woman decided to say or do to me, or, you know, like I'm going to hate all Republicans or all Democrats. Right. Or whatever. Exactly. Whatever grouping you want to make. Exactly. Uh, We are individuals. Right. And we need to start looking at things that way as well as, you know, what happens is this, because people don't like what I said about Trump or people don't like what I said about uh, the right to bear arms, or about these participation trophies, they're going to try to find something in my past mm-hmm. that I effed up on, mm-hmm. uh, an error that I made, and I got a lot of them, so it won't be hard. Just take a quick look, and you'll find a mistake that I made. And they're going to try to, they're going to try to bury me on that, and they're going to try to make that one, my entire life about that one thing. Right. And we have to stop doing this to people. I'm using me as an example, but this is what we do to people. Mm-hmm. We want to define. Someone's be it a politician, be it uh, a spiritual person, mm-hmm. be it an everyday person. We want to bury them because of one thing that they've done. We get so upset that we then focus all of our energy at destroying that person, and then move on to the next person to destroy because we don't believe they don't believe what 
what we believe. Well, and it goes back to taking that perspective. You and I don't agree eye to eye on everything. No, not even honestly, not even close. There's a lot of things right. we disagree on. But I, but, but I love you like a brother. Absolutely, hundred percent. Right? How, how bad would it suck if we all agreed and we're all we were, that's what robots do? Okay? Sure. You know, God didn't make cookie cutter people. We all have different interests, different passions, different skills, different abilities, mentally, physically, spiritually, whatever. And that's okay. We are different. There is differences between men and differences between women. There are differences between someone that maybe has a, you know, an Ivy League college education, and that's what they do for their, uh, for their occupation, versus someone that you know uh, works in a garage. That one isn't better than the other. No. It. I think perspective. Red pill yourself. Look in the mirror and be like, hey, what are those things that you hold sacred? What are those oaths that you have taken that you need to hold fast to? And then get in the arena and remember, tyranny like hell is not easily conquered. Amen. Uh, we want to thank everybody for listening. Please remember to subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, we're on Spotify, YouTube. And we're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Gab, Parlor. We appreciate the support. Email Flawed Inc. at CLE. I'm sorry, Flawed Inc. CLE at gmail.com. As always, you guys are great. Later. Bye.